What's going on, guys? Welcome to today's podcast. And I'd like to begin by just basically apologizing for not being here the last couple of days. I was, uh, I had some kind of virus or something. I was sick for a few days and just, I couldn't really, um, I guess I couldn't podcast. I was, I was trying to get things together. I planned on it every day, but I just couldn't get it out. Couldn't, you know, couldn't get it together and get the energy really to record and sit here and, uh, bring any type of value to you. So, I'm back today. We're feeling about about 85%, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty much back and ready to roll. And I'm going to do a week 17 preview. So it's not the last week of the regular season, but it is the last week of the fantasy playoffs, in ter- uh, at least for most of us, right? Myself included. I somehow lost in all three of my leagues, or, or all three leagues I was in the playoffs in, three of my four leagues last week. And I did... One in devastating fashion, which was in my home league, I lost a uh, by the Dallas Cowboys defense just going crazy. I was in, I was like a ninety six percent favorite to win. And then Dallas goes off and scores like thirty some odd points, and I lose. And uh, also because Mike Kosicki didn't do shit. But anyway, and the, I picked somehow I picked the Saints kicker, which was just a dumb dumb thing. I was thinking indoor kicker, you know that. But then it was like I think I made that decision before I realized Ian Book was starting and. You know, they couldn't get any offense going. So, yes, I am not happy about that. But anyways, here we go. Let's talk about the Eagles and Washington football team that will be starting things off. That's the eight and seven Eagles at the six and nine Washington football team. So just a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago uh, about this time, we all thought Washington was in the playoffs, you know, or, or it looked like they were at the time. And it looked like they were the team ahead of Philly in terms of how things would finish. That has not been the case. Philly has uh, has been on a bit of a streak. They are now the seventh seed in the playoffs. Washington's been on a little bit of a losing streak. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is when you look at Washington and you see like, like they're not very good defensively, you know, at, at least what, from what we were all expecting them to be, they're not very good offensively. I mean, Taylor Heineke's a, a decent quarterback, but he's not, he's nothing spectacular, right? Curtis Samuel's been injured all year. Terry McLaurin's really their best and only option at receiver. Uh, I mean, they got Adam Humphrey. You know, they have, they spread it around a little bit. But the point is, what they've been able to do in, in remaining this competitive, beating the teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that they've beat and going into Carolina and Cam Newton's start uh, first start in, in Charlotte and Bank of America Stadium, beating them, like the team uh, going into the Raiders' place and beating them on a last-second field goal, the success that they've had, to me, is still impressive, you know, for what they're working with in terms of, you know, just not being very good. I don't know. I don't know why the defense is so not good, but it's just unfortunately not. But anyways, Philly, on the other hand, a team that I felt like could be much better than we all thought entering the season is certainly uh, in a, I mean, look, Philly could finish 10 and seven. That, that to me was on the higher end of what I thought they were capable of. But I believe I said that that's where I, I think I said that they would be somewhere between like seven and 10 and 10 and seven, something like that. But uh, 10 and seven being a best case scenario right now, they're eight and seven. And there are three-point road favorites against Washington. This, to me, feels a little bit like a dangerous game for Philly. Because one thing I know about the run, and not to be all cliche, but Ron Rivera's teams are not going to give up. And uh, so they're not going to come in here like, oh, you know, we're we're out of it. And they're not going to do what the Eagles did under Doug Peterson. What was that, last year? I think where uh, they basically just threw in the third-string quarterback for the hell of it. That's not going to happen in Washington. You're going to get the best potent- the best possible players that they do have. 
you're going to see them the whole time. You're going to, and it's, it's going to be an all out effort to win because I know Ron Rivera is probably thinking it's not over. We still have a chance to win this game. Uh, by the way, the over under in this one is 44 and a half, which I think is reasonably, I mean, I'd say that's reasonable in any, in any case, not, not, not high, not low, but, um, for me, I just think that Philly is going to what the way they were able to move the football against Washington a couple weeks ago was, and that was on they basically spotted Washington ten points to start that game off. I, I don't know if that's going to be much different. You know, we saw a, a situation in Philly where when they played the Giants a few weeks ago, they couldn't do anything offensively, and then they played the Giants again, and they couldn't do anything offensively for the entire first half. And then the second half, they kind of had a, a, an explosion. But my point in that is that um, these division games, a lot of times, you just match up the way you match up and you know each other so well that a lot of times there's not a huge drastic difference in the outcome of the game. So I think Washington will, will be more competitive this time. Obviously, they're not going to be starting Garrett Gilbert as they were the, the, uh, a few weeks ago. I definitely think Washington could win this game. I'm not going to pick them to win it because I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to ride the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to take them to win it. That's say 23 to uh, 24, 20. So that would be the under by a half a point. And uh, that'd be a Philly cover. All right. The 11 and four Rams will be visiting the eight and seven Baltimore Ravens. It does not. It's at least it's trending like Lamar Jackson might not play. And I guess he was limping around during practice. Um, on Thursday, I think it was, or or maybe that was Wednesday. But the point is, he doesn't seem to be healthy enough to play. And if he is going to play, he's not going to be able to to run around to the extent that you know that they would really want him to be able to do. Last time, um, off the top of my head, last time Baltimore played the Rams, they absolutely dismantled them in L.A. And it was it was really the the Lamar Jackson MVP season, if I'm remembering that correctly. But um. But yeah, so that that is what it is. But the spread in this game is the Rams are four and a half point favorites. It went up from three and a half from yesterday. So take that for what you will. Uh, and the over under is 46 and a half. So to me, um, the under seems like a logical place to go with this. I don't think that if Josh Johnson does play or, uh, or Tyler Huntley, I don't think they're going to be able to consistently like Something about the Rams, I would say, is that their defense is much underrated, right? They're good against the run. They're good against the pass. They're good in terms of uh, not allowing a bunch of points. I mean, they're just good all around on the defensive side of the ball. And then offensively, at any point in time, Matthew Stafford could be who he was last week, or he could be the Matthew Stafford that he was in games where he's had 400 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford is a guy that, as right as I was about him for the fantasy season, he absolutely killed me uh, last week in those playoffs uh, in my fantasy playoffs where he just decided to do absolutely nothing in a very um, exploitable matchup against the Vikings who, who are not, you know, known for being just a dominant defense. He, he shit the bed, but I mean, he had like 11 fantasy points for me. So it was disappointing, but in any case, you know, this game's interesting. I don't really know. Uh, if I were betting on uh, this week, I would not be betting on this game in particular as far as the outcome of the winner or loser. I might take the under in this game just because I feel like the under is a – I feel like the Ravens defense is going to have enough pride to bounce back a little bit from what they were last week where Joe Burrow just went completely insane. Um, and also Stafford, who knows, if is he struggling now? Because they only scored 20 points against Seattle the week before. Then last week it was a very rough outing for for the Rams offense, even though they got to 30 points you know, in, in a – roundabout way 
Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think that maybe I would take the under if anything, but I'm not really sure what to make of this game in terms of the winner and loser. Of course, if the Rams win by 10, 15 points, you, you would say that that was the obvious answer. But I could see Baltimore is just one of those teams where you just don't want to ever count them out too much because they might just have, you know, the formula to get a win. So I'm going to take the Rams to win this game. Um, I'll say 27-23, and um, that would be the Ravens covering by a half a point, and that would actually be the over. So what do I know? Um, anyways, the 11-4 Bucks at the 4-11 and Jets, the next game we're going to talk about, and that this one to me is is just – it's going to be rough for Zach Wilson and company, man. It's I, I just don't feel like, to me, Tom Brady, what does Tom Brady do to the Jets? He dominates the Jets. What's his record against them? Like, probably a lot to a little, you know, in terms of wins and losses. And um, I feel like Zach Wilson, the guy has more interceptions than touchdowns this week, this season. He It's actually almost double. And, you know, they won last week and he had like 102 passing yards, right? He had 90 some odd rushing yards and still two, uh, less than 200 total yards. So it was, it was, it's just not been a good year for these rookie quarterbacks, at least the ones that have played. My guy Trey Lance, we'll see about how he does this week. But I mean, I'm just going to keep this one quick and painless. I think the Bucks are going to go in there and basically do to the Jets what they did to the Panthers last week in Carolina. They're going to beat them. I don't know, probably about 30 to 10, somewhere in that range. So I'll just, I'll go with that score. Um, and what's the, what's the spread in this game? It is, sorry guys, I should have, okay. It's uh, Tampa's a 13 point favorite and the over under is 45 and a half. So I like the under and I like the bucks to cover eight and seven dolphins at the 10 and five Tennessee Titans. This one is, is to me is a very interesting game because yes, the Titans won last week and that, and they deserve credit because San Francisco is a very good team. And they were a team that was, you know, I would say maybe peaking at that time. And they went into Tennessee and they got they got an early lead. And then Tennessee just came back and, and really uh, controlled the game from there on. They are a three and a half point favorite over the Miami Dolphins, the red freaking hot Miami Dolphins, who to attack by low. I know he had that ugly interception last week and he didn't you know, it, it wasn't a fantastic statistical game for him. But I can tell you one thing Tua, and you guys know I'm not a huge like supporter of Tua in the in the way that I think he's going to and who I think he'll become as an NFL starter but I do think he's an Alex Smith type player and I do think that right now the game seems to be slowing down for him like it looks like Tua is actually um a like a legitimate starting quarterback right now so I would say that you know that combined with this Miami Dolphin defense being an elite unit and the coach, Brian Flores, and just how they're managing each game situationally is outstanding right now. Like they're 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 sticking with the run, even though it's not always that effective. They are um, you know, the play calling is is good in the sense that it keeps the chains moving, right? It's not dynamic, but they don't have a ton to work with in personnel. Jalen Waddles, by the way, sixth in the NFL in receptions this year as a rookie. Oh, the guy's gonna finish with over 100 catches, you know. That's something that I don't think anybody could have said they saw coming. And um, by the way, that receiver group at the the rookie class at the top, especially the top three guys are, are really as advertised, unlike the quarterbacks um, so far. But anyways, this game, and I'm going to pick the Miami Dolphins. I think, I think they're going to go in there and just make it very difficult for Tennessee to to score points. I don't think I don't think Tennessee gets the 20 points in this game. So I'm taking Miami. I'm taking them to win it. Let's say 23 to 17. And that would be the over by a half a point. All right. Um, let's see where we at here. Jaguars, the two and thirteen Jags at the nine and six Patriots. This is gonna be 
a bloodbath, guys. I mean, the Patriots coming off of a two-game losing streak. So they had the bye week. They were the second-highest team in football from a win streak standpoint. And then they had the bye. And then they come out and lose two in a row. Get you know I, They didn't get beat badly by Buffalo last week, but it was a good sound ass-kicking from start to finish in terms of like they didn't – I don't think they had a lead in that entire game. So um, when you look at that, right, you, you think – well, this is going to be unfortunate for the Jacksonville Jaguars because they just they just need a win for morale's sake. But it's it's going to be rough in this one to get that win because these Patriots are going to be pissed off. They're playing at home, a place that they haven't necessarily played all that well, uh, and that actually continued against the uh, Bills this past uh, last week. But Patriots are sixteen point favorites this week. I, I think that's the biggest favorite of the week. And I tend to agree with that um, over under this one's 41 and a half. Just remember Bill Belichick against the rookie quarterback in Foxborough, Trevor Lawrence has been largely disappointing. I mean, excuse me. I don't think that, I don't think me saying that Trevor Lawrence has been disappointing is, is, you know, cra- like news breaking stuff. I don't think that's a hot take. He's been disappointing. He has done a very good job of not turning the ball over lately, but he hasn't thrown it. He's like thrown one touchdown since, uh, I think somebody said Halloween or something like that. So, oh, Brett Coleman. So, it's it's been rough, right? It's not it, it's not been, and you can say, oh, well, he doesn't have a great supporting cast. He doesn't have this and that, dude. You guys said he was a generational quarterback. That transcends any supporting cast, right? Like if he, and it's not a bad supporting cast. Marvin Jones is a pretty good receiver. You know, they've got. I mean, for the most, they've had James Robinson all season long. Obviously, he's not going to be there now. But I'll tell you what. This game in particular right now against the Patriots in New England after the angry Patriots coming off two straight losses, I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be a – honestly, I think it's going to be a shutout. I, I really think that's a very possible thing. Um, I would say New England's, I don't know, 23-0, maybe 23-3. I don't know. They get a late field goal or whatever. But I just don't think the Patriots are going to come in in any type of mood to be – you know, uh, this is no trap game. I'll, I'll say that. All right, the nine and six Indianapolis Colts will host the suddenly hot eight and seven uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and so the Raiders, man, with everything they're overcoming this year, it's it's been very impressive. You know, it looked like they were dead in the water. Like it at two different points this season, it has looked like the Raiders were dead. You know, like they were just finished, done. We're, like we're about to just completely collapse. The bottom's going to fall out. Derek Carr's talking about being benched for Marcus Mariota by the fan base, and then they get going again. So. um in this game, they happen to be seven-point underdogs, which I think is wild considering Carson Wentz still has to clear the – the he still has to – I think he's got to pass the COVID test, I, I believe, before the game on Sunday. And he has not cleared as of right now, which is this Friday morning I'm recording this. So um, the line just came out in this one. It's a seven-point Colts line. So there's obvious uh, – from Vegas' standpoint, some pretty heavy optimism that Wentz will play because if he doesn't play – I mean, it's tough for me to have this type of a line on. I mean, I might I might have the Colts still as the favorites because they're still, you know, a run first team at home. You could figure out how to get a game one without Wentz, you know, uh, against the Raiders, possibly. Right. So maybe a one or two point favorite. But seven seems awfully high. I'm going to assume that for this prediction's sake that Carson Wentz does play because, I mean, again, Vegas is assuming that. So I will as well. But um, the Raiders all year long have been. Actually, in my opinion, a pretty underrated defense, but where they're where they're sort of vulnerable is against the run. And of course, you're playing against Jonathan Taylor. They're obviously 
you know, that's going to be a heavy run game. I mean, even last week in Jonathan Taylor didn't have his best game because he didn't get in the end zone, but he still carried the ball. I think it was like 28 times for over a hundred yards. So it was, it, it was not a, you know, quote unquote bad game. But, um, I, I think that for this game, I'm going to, I actually am going to give the Raiders some respect. I think it's gonna be closer than some think. I think the Raiders are going to come in there and lose a close one let's say 27 24 so the Raiders will cover in my opinion and uh that is also going to be the over look at me I'm choosing overs this week like like um I don't know like I never do but um okay let's go on to the Cincinnati Bengals the nine and six Bengals will host the 11 and four Chiefs in Cincy coming off that huge win against the Baltimore Ravens and the Bengals are five point home underdogs to the Chiefs in this one. The over under is 51 points. So right away, the, the thing that sticks out to me in this one is that the Bengals have given up the third most pass plays of 20 plus yards, 58 of them on the season. You got the Chiefs coming into town, right? So that's not good. Last week in a great in an otherwise great game for Cincy, you guys gave up over 300 passing yards to Josh Johnson. And that's not good when you've got Patrick Mahomes coming to town, right? So though those are the things that I, immediately I look at and I say I'm a little bit concerned about. You know, the 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 Bengals pass defense has allowed 22 touchdowns, they intercepted 12 passes. They are um they do get pressure on quarterbacks, so they might be able to get some pressure on Mahomes, but the problem there is Patrick Mahomes is going to is going to you know, he's going to escape the pocket and make those big plays down the football field. So I think this is a rough, rough matchup. As I mentioned in the other day's podcast, and I was talking about all the playoff teams and their their biggest flaw, Cincy's was not just dealing with a, a good quarterback, but dealing with a quarterback that can move around a little bit to negate some of that pass rush. That's where I think Kansas City is going to have their way. I think it's going to be a pretty and – I, and I believe me now, I think Cincinnati is a very good team and very dangerous for a lot of teams. I just happen to think the Chiefs are a very bad matchup for them. So I'm taking Kansas City to win this game. I'm going to say 30 to 20 because, by the way, Joe Burrow last week, over 500 yards, four touchdowns. I get it. That was against a very different defense than they'll be facing in this Kansas City Chiefs defense. This defense can cover their asses off. They have a, a bit of a pass rush now, and they're, they're really no weakness in the, in the defense whatsoever. So, again, I'm taking the Chiefs. I like them to win 30 to 20. That's a Chiefs cover. That's a push on – or no, that's the under. That's the under by a point, so I'm not like dead set on that, but yeah. Uh, let's move on. 4-11 Giants at the 5-10 and 10 Bears. I'll make this quick, man. I think the Bears last week, I mean, is Nick Foles starting again? Because, damn it, he looked pretty good, and he made some big plays. He made some plays that, that really nobody else for Chicago has been able to make at the quarterback position in certain moments um, all year long. But I think that, uh, let's see. So Fields is limited in practice yesterday. Dalton's practicing in um I don't know. I, I don't know who they'll Nagy has said Fields will start if he's healthy. Okay, so it'll likely be Fields if he's healthy, but he was limited yesterday. So take that for what you will. Um, anyways, whoever the quarterback is for Chicago, I have confidence that because it's not Daniel Jones for the Giants, they're gonna be able to score more points than New York. Both of these defenses are pretty good. I think this like uh what's the over-under and all that stuff in this one? I, I just think that um okay. So New York's a six-point underdog on the road. Over-under is 37. And to me, I think even though that might be the lowest over-under of any game on this uh, on this entire week's slate, I think they might be too high, right? I would still probably take the under in that game because these guys are not going to be able to score very many points, in my opinion. I mean, I think, the again, the Giants are um, 
their their defense is not the problem, right? It, it's just that the when your offense is so bad, I've gone over this a million times. The offense is so bad, eventually your defense is going to give up some points, right? So and that's what they did last week against the the Eagles. A perfect example of that, right? Defense pitches a shutout in the first half, or or maybe it was just three points allowed the entire first half, and then they go out and and get you know, ran over in the second half because the offense couldn't do shit and they gave up a pick six, I believe it was, and and whatever. So um, I think the Bears are going to win a really ugly, uh, you know, my kind of game personally. I like watching those kinds of games, but it'll be like, a, I don't know, I would say 16 to 10 game. So I think the Bears actually, well, they don't cover, but it's a push in that regard and, the, and that would also be the under. So um, yeah. All right. Now the seven and eight Falcons are going to visit the nine and six Buffalo Bills. This one is is going to be a lot of fun in some ways, just because I feel like it's a weird it's a weird matchup, right? Buffalo's a huge favorite in this game. I'm trying to find it. Um, well, last time I saw it, okay, here's 14 and a half point favorite of the Buffalo Bills. The over under is 44. So when you look at Buffalo, this team, as I've been mentioning, and now it's it's like you know more of a obvious thing. This defense is phenomenal. They have. Uh, allowed what is it 11 I think it's 11 touchdowns to they've intercepted 19 passes so they're almost at a two to one interception to touchdown ratio uh touchdown pass yeah they've allowed a lot they're allowing under six yards for pass attempt 5.7 56.9 completion percentage this defense against the pass has been phenomenal right they've also been better than you would think against the run because they had that one bad game against the Patriots or it wasn't even that bad of a game it was just a couple of bad plays and um the one i'm talking about in buffalo where the patriots ran the ball all but three times that and then they had a game against the colts which that's just jonathan taylor being jonathan taylor right i mean that he's going to get you sometimes but the defense in many in really any way that you want to quantify it is a top 10 at worst unit and that's even including what they're doing against the run if you look at the entire season's body of work. So it's going to be tough, in my opinion, for Atlanta to move the football. Um, I think that uh, Buffalo is probably going to be able to score points, right? I mean, that that's the reality of it. Like Josh Allen right now is really starting to get it in, uh, you know, together and get into high gear. His game last week against the Patriots was some, some very heroic uh, stuff, you know, to be honest. It, it was like all Josh Allen. They put it all on him, and he was able to deliver – consistently he was their leading rusher he was their leading of course passer i mean he did a lot of good things in that game so i'm going to take the bills to win this one i'm going to take them to win it 28 7 i think they they pretty much handle atlanta from start to finish i think they cover the 14 and a half points and uh that's the under by the way all right the 4 and 11 texans this is a for for this game to include a 4 and 11 team it's actually an intriguing game 4 and 11 texans at the 8 and 7 san francisco 49ers and it looks Right now, like my boy Trey Lance will be getting a start in this game. So the Texans are a team that you do not want to underestimate. They just went in there or they just hosted the Chargers last week and beat them soundly, scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. Of course, that was in part because of a pick six. But Davis Mills is a guy that's that's if you don't get after him, he's going to hurt you now. Okay, so um, the spread in this game, in my opinion, especially for the fact that like the, the quote-unquote starting quarterback for San Francisco is is out for the game, is a little bit high. It's 12.5. San Francisco is a 12.5-point favorite over-under, and this one is 44. So um, the Texans lately, if even in games that they've lost, they've, they've kept it close, right? Like So I think that 
you know, having them as a 12 point underdog against a guy making his second career start is a bit of a, a you know, a, again, it's a bit large. But if you look at what they've done lately, well, I guess they, yeah, they, oh, wow, this team has won two in a row, a 4 and 11 team that's won two games in a row, and they've won both of those games by by multiple scores, right? They beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville 30 to 16 and they beat the Chargers 41-29 last week as I mentioned. So, you know, they were even playing Seattle it, it very closely until Seattle kind of broke away towards the end of the week before. So, you know, um I don't know. I think I think this is going to be this is a very scary game to bet on if you're taking the Niners, right? If you're taking the you're basically betting on the Niners to dominate a team in Houston that that um, is the classic spoiler right now, right? That they that's just what that's where they're at, and that's you know why I think they're actually decent against the run as well. Uh, this Houston team, and of course, that's going to be as always a very big part of what San Francisco is trying to do too. They're they're going to run the ball early and often, and I think this team is pretty damn good against the run. The last time they played defense that was good against the run was just last week in Tennessee, and they only scored seventeen points. So, um. And I think in a lot of ways that the Houston defense and the Tennessee defense share certain similarities. So um, I'm going to take the Niners to win it. I think that Trey Lance is going to do enough to get the job done, but I do think it's going to be closer than than the spread indicates here. So I'm going to take the Niners, uh, let's say 27-20 San Francisco. And so that would be the over, actually. And uh, it would be a Texans cover. So I got to give them that much respect. All right, the seven and eight Broncos are going to visit the eight and seven Chargers. Remember the last time these two teams played, the Chargers got their asses kicked for the better part of that game. It was it was really not very close. I mean, I think the final score indicated it was closer than than um, it was like it wasn't as close as the final score is what I'm trying to say. So um, in that game, let's see. In that game, the Broncos won. Okay, twenty eight thirteen. I think the I think the Chargers scored a late touchdown to even make it like you know less uh, of a blowout. But the defense dominated that game. What did I just finish saying a few minutes ago about the other division game, uh, Philly and Washington? These things a lot of times they don't change drastically unless it's like you know one game was in week three, one game was in week thirteen or something. Then maybe it's a little bit more drastic. But this one, um, it's obviously two things are different. It's going to be in LA. So that it, you're not going to have to play on the road, even though you don't have the greatest home uh, support fan base or whatever. And then um, obviously the chargers have to win this game in terms of if they want to get back in that playoff hunt. So that part of it will, um, will be extra motivation, added motivation for the Chargers. But I thought they were going to have that added motivation against the freaking Texans last week. And maybe they did. And maybe the Texans are just not, bad right now at this point in the season so um a lot of times that happens you know that that's the way the league will go but um i'm gonna take the chargers to win this game let me turn by the spread in this one sorry guys okay so this to me is batshit crazy the chargers are six and a half point favorites i cannot if i was betting i am absolutely not betting on the chargers to cover this the this spread you know, um, six and a half point favorites and the over under is 45 and a half. So immediately I look at it in terms of the under. I think it's going to be Drew Locke again. And they've really, in my humble opinion, have not done Drew Locke any favors in terms of how they're how they're calling the plays, how they're game planning as a coaching staff. But um, I'm going to say that the um, the Chargers win the game. It's going to be a close one. I say 24, 20. So that'd be the under barely. And uh, that would be a, a Broncos cover.
All right, let's move on to my team, the uh, five and ten Carolina Panthers at the seven and eight New Orleans Saints. So this one, the Saints should have their quarterbacks back, so they, we shouldn't have to watch the um, Ian Book show again. Thank God, if you're a Saints fan, I'm sure. Um, but uh, I mean, look, he's a fourth round rookie, so it wasn't like we were expecting a ton. But I definitely thought he had. I thought. With Sean Payton there, and you know, I thought it would look a little bit better, but obviously it did not. And um, so the Saints right now are six and a half point favorites over the Panthers, and the over under in this one is thirty eight points. So, as I mentioned a second ago, times where these kinds of games look different are when you, you know it's a game that was in week. I believe the Panthers beat the Saints in week two when it looked like the Carolina Panthers were going to be some serious uh, playoff contender at that point in time. They beat them twenty six to seven. And it was really a dominant effort for sacked, uh, sacked James Winston four times, intercepted him twice, you know, forced four three and outs in that game. So it was really just it completely stuffed Alvin Kamara. Since then, this Panthers defense has looked much, much different, right? They've, they've given up over the last three games, or excuse me, four games, 33 points, 29 points, 31 points, 32 points. So they've been getting somehow, some way, the other teams been getting points on the board. And yes, a lot of that has been in part because their offense can't move the ball. can't consistently move the ball. So that, that will definitely hurt your defense at certain points because the defense is still good. Um, I do think that this game is, I think it's going to be hard for both teams to score points um, in this one, as indicated by the over under being the second lowest of the week, I believe, um, or second or maybe tied for second or third or whatever. whatever. Anyways, point is um, Sam Donald starting. I don't, as a Panther fan, I don't agree with that. I don't think that's the right decision. I don't think he's a better quarterback right now than, than Cam Newton. And why do I think that? Well, because Cam Newton's been good before. Sam Darnold, in four years now, hasn't been good. Ever. I mean, like, he had a, a decent three-game start to the season um, in that he wasn't turning the ball over, and, and he was, like, throwing for 300 yards a game. But that was a three-game stretch, guys. We're talking about a four-year sample size, right? He has not been a good quarterback. I mean, the, the offensive coordinator is fired now. Like, that, I understand that you – and this is why, as a Panther fan, I really wanted us to draft Justin Fields when he was on the board at eight, or Mac Jones, for that matter. Because I think either one of those guys, from what we've seen from them this year and for Fields, it hasn't been fantastic – I think they're better than Sam Darnold right now. I think that if you put Justin Fields in as the starting quarterback, obviously Mac Jones, but if you put Justin Fields in, in as the starting quarterback for Carolina right now in this game, I would feel like we have a better chance to win the game than with Sam Darnold. If you put Cam Newton there, I feel the same way. I, it, like, look, man, Cam doesn't know the offense yet. You know, he's learning more of it each week, so he's going to be a little bit better every week. But um, I know he hasn't been good, but again, I still think he's better than Sam Darnold. So that's my my thoughts on that. But I think this one is going to be the Saints, man. I think the Saints are going to win this game. I think they're going to win it. Look, they're going to come out in, in relatively desperate fashion because they actually have a, a chance at the playoffs still, right? They need to win. They need the Eagles to lose, and they need to win again, and the Eagles to lose again, I believe. So they need they, whatever, but they need to win out. And so that starts with this game. This is going to be in New Orleans. It may be the last uh, home game of the season for them. And I think that they're going to I think they're going to do enough to win. I think ultimately it'll be a relatively low scoring game. I'd say 23, 23, 13, 23. I'll say 23, 16 Saints. And um, that would be the over by one point. My goodness. And uh, that'd be a Saints cover. 
All right, so let's move on to two, the greatest two 12-1 team in NFL history, the Detroit Lions. We'll visit the five and 10 Seattle Seahawks. And uh, Seattle's a seven-point favorite in this game. The over-under is 42. You know, to me, being that Seattle's a five and 10 team, and, and to me, justly a five and 10 team, meaning I don't think there's some really good team that just has had a, a couple of bad breaks. I think they are a legit five and 10 team because the offense is awful. The defense is actually good. In Detroit, they're dealing with a similar story there. Their offense is not very good. I think DeAndre Swift is going to be back this game. So everybody says it's going to be on a, on a pitch count of sorts, not going to be in a huge workload. But I think you know, even his presence there just will make the offense better. Um, and so I think Detroit's defense is pretty good. I think it's both these defenses are pretty good, right? So um, and believe it, like I said, Detroit is the best two 12 and one team in NFL history. I mean, I, I like, I'm obviously kidding a little bit, but I'm also sort of being serious because they, they, they are a team that if you don't bring your a game, they might just beat you or they might take you to the brink of beating you like they did to the Falcons last week. And they've done to many, many teams, uh, the Baltimore Ravens back in what was a week three or four when the Baltimore was playing great. You know, they've been a very competitive team for the majority of their games. I mean, obviously, you, you don't have enough talent to be competitive every single week, um, but they they have been relatively competitive most games. Um, and the overrunner being 42, I think, is is not just because the Seattle defense or excuse me, the Seattle offense is not very good. I think it's also because the Detroit defense is decent, as I mentioned. So um, ultimately, I think they've got the overrun here a little bit high. I'm going to say that this game is is very similar to the Atlanta-Detroit game last week. I think it's going to be something like a 20-17 to 17 Seattle win. I like Detroit to cover, and um, yeah, I like Detroit to cover. I like the under. Moving on, let's go to the 10-5 and 5 Cardinals at the 11-4 and 4 Dallas Cowboys. This is going to be a very interesting game uh, this week because uh, Arizona's lost, what was it, been three, three in a row, four in a row now? It's It's been... It's it's been rough lately, and that's really for the majority all with Kyler Murray back, right? So Kyler has definitely struggled lately, as you know, as we all know. And Arizona, in their last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games, they're two and four. So <clears throat> that's not good. Um, and even in that time, they've lost to the Panthers. They they beat Seattle, beat Chicago, and then lost to the Rams, Lions, and um, Colts. So yeah. It's not been looking good in, in on the flip side of that coin. The Dallas Cowboys have been winning games, right? They they went through their little rut of the season, and um, and then they, they have now since then started to go, go on a bit of a win streak themselves. They've won four in a row now, including a 56-14 thrashing of the Washington football team last week in prime time. And over their last, um, let's see, four games they've given up 17 points 20 points 6 points 14 points so it's been a, a a lot of really really good defense as they started the year like for the most part aside from that week one against the Buccaneers um and so Dallas right now is playing good complimentary football and the interesting part about that is I just told you Dallas not giving up many points the over-under in this one is 51 and a half so it looks like Vegas expects Arizona's offense to uh, bounce back in this game if I'm remembering correctly I think the Dallas defense that remember the Dallas defense was awful last year they did a decent job against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals in uh, in that game last year however the Cardinals ended up beating up on Dallas pretty good if I'm remembering that right so um, obviously that was a game without Dak Prescott blah 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 but um, anyways in this game how could I go any direction other than Dallas I mean it's in Dallas 
it's against a team that they're not going to, it's not a trap game in my opinion, because the Cardinals are a team that was the number one seed just a few weeks ago. And Dallas right now is still playing to potentially be the number one seed. They have a chance at the number one seed. So, um, you know, if you're Dallas, you're looking at it like, Hey, the Vikings and Packers play this week, which we're going to talk about next. The Vikings beat the Packers earlier this year. There's no, there's no guarantee the Packers win that game. If they lose and we win, we're the number one seed. So, I think Dallas, it would surprise me if they didn't come out extra motivated, especially because, again, you're playing a 10 and five football team in Arizona. So um, I like I like the Cowboys to win this game because ultimately Arizona defensively can struggle against the run, um, especially in the case that, you know, you're playing against the guy in Dak Prescott. Now, this is not this is not Carson Wentz, right? He's, he's obviously a much better player than Carson Wentz, meaning even if you if you put all your focus on stopping Dallas's run game, Dak will just kill you right? Especially with the weapons he has on the outside. So I think it's a bad matchup for Arizona. I think Dallas wins this game. Let's say 28, 21. I, I like it to be uh, the under and I like the Dallas Cowboys to cover by just a point there. So moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, we'll be visiting the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Sunday night football this week. The Packers are six and a half point favorites over under and this one is 46 and a half. So in the first meeting between these two teams, it went way over. Everything was going to combined 65 points in that one. Kirk Cousins had 341, three touchdowns through the air. Rodgers did his thing. It was a close game. The Vikings got the uh, game-winning field goal to end it. This Packer defense, however, since then, against the pass at least, has been very much improved, where they can be a little bit vulnerable against the run if Dalvin Cook uh, gets rolling early. The Minnesota can keep going to the run if they don't find themselves in a, in a hole. I think that's kind of the recipe for Green Bay wants to get that early lead unleash the pass rush on the on the Vikings and and make Kirk Cousins deal with that. Um, Minnesota wants to obviously get the early lead and do so effectively on the ground with Dalvin Cook and and be able to dictate to the Packer defense the whole time. If they do that, they'll be able to make this thing a competitive game all the way throughout. If not, I think Green Bay is going to I wouldn't say run away with it, but that's although that's possible, I think it'll be pretty much all Green Bay if they're able to get off to a good quick start with in terms of a lead. Even if it's just something like 10 nothing, I think that would be huge. So um, I think that in this game, for me to pick it, I'm going to have to pick Green Bay. Uh, I do feel like it could be closer than the the six and a half point spread. I'm, let's put it like this. If I was betting this game, I wouldn't feel super comfortable taking Green, Green Bay minus six and a half. But uh, I would say Green Bay wins it 30 to 27 in this. And that would be that's good for the over, by the way. All right, now, last game of the week, Monday Night Football is going to be Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Cleveland's a three-and-a-half-point road favorite. Over-under, this one is 41 points. So, Pittsburgh, where do they – where's their big fatal flaw if, if, they're, if they have one? Well, obviously, you could say Ben Roethlisberger, and I would agree with you on that right, in that way. But to me, I think the biggest problem with their team has been their inability to stop the run. You got a red-hot Nick Chubb coming to town right now. Nick Chubb, if you can't stop the run – the Cleveland Browns have shown that they will go to the run over and over and over and over again. So Pittsburgh's the worst defense in the NFL in regards to stopping the run on a yards per carry basis, all that stuff. So they're not very good there. And on the flip side of it, Cleveland is a pretty damn good defense in every way. They're sort of like the Rams, like defensively, nobody really talks about how good they are. You know, they held Aaron Rodgers to three points in Lambeau field in the second half of that game last week when he looked unstoppable in the first half. So defensively Cleveland is is a very good unit and I think that um when I just look at these teams and this is kind of my way of picking this I think that Cleveland is just 
a little bit better really on both sides of the ball. I think if you say which which one has a better defense, Cleveland does. Which one has a better offense? Well, Cleveland does, especially when you consider the fact that Pittsburgh cannot stop the run at all. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns, man. I think they're going to win this game. I think it'll be closer than, than – I think it'll be close because I think Pittsburgh's just going to have that, you know, that – we're not going to give up type of mentality, uh, especially because it could be Ben's last start in, in Pittsburgh at Heinz field. So um, I'll give them the possibility of winning just on that alone. But um, I'll say Cleveland wins 23, 17, and that's the under by a point. Um, anyways, good luck to you guys all in your playoff and your championship round or whatever you're doing in fantasy this year. I hope you won and I'll talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. Peace.